Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jack Farmer. He's Justin Labar. He's Jimmy Cordares Corduroy, as we call him. And we are coming to you live. It's time for the Wrestling Inc. WWE Raw after show. And if we got a good one for you, our show is going to be a good one. We'll let you know how we felt about Raw as we go. But fellas, how are you doing? Justin, how are you today? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's a nice, uh, it's, it's, it's a unseasonably warm day here in pittsburgh so that's got me feeling good coming off a washington commander's win that's got me feeling good i beat my dad in fantasy football this weekend that's got me feeling good it's it's a lot to be positive about uh you know i i know some people on this show don't care about fantasy football all weekend it was like you know it has like the percentage odds you're gonna win and i was at like 70 percent chance i'm gonna win lost today so upset i'm so mad though this is like my worst fantasy football team ever i've for the first time in my life i i cut russell wilson from my fantasy football team i had i've had him on my team every year since he's been drafted because i'm a seahawks fan first time i said time to go and it didn't get any better because there's no good quarterbacks left for me to take i'm about to bench tom brady that's how bad things are getting here wow tom tom, tom is just not tom i'm about to bench tom brady but I don't know who I'm. Gonna, I, don't, I don't. But I don't know who I'm going to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the only one that was available. I got Matt Ryan, and I was like, okay, well, that's not. Well, he just got benched, <laughs> and he just got benched. So uh, Daniel Jones is who I have now. We'll see how that works out next he had, week. He had a big weekend this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope he keeps at it because I need the wins <laughs> right now. Uh, but also, Jimmy, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well as well. Up here in Canada, as the meteorologists like to say, above seasonal temperatures. So, uh, yes, we have been some nice sunny days up here. It's supposed to kind of take a downward turn towards the end of the week, but I'm going to enjoy every day I, that we get that is nice and take it. And uh, no, I'm not in a fantasy football league, and you don't want my quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who hasn't been bad. It's just that he's not putting up big numbers that would, you know, ignite somebody's fantasy football team you know well that's the thing brady like brady's still scoring 12 to 15 fantasy points but he's projected to be in the 20s and and, and based on the tom brady measurement scale it's 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 horrendous it's, you know, right it's, right but yeah. then again derrick henry for my for, for my titans uh yeah what a beast not quite not quite an earl campbell where you know people he'd be running and people would be hanging off him whispering in his ear please earl go down my kids are watching on tv please <laughs> Well, I had a fun weekend. I did want to take a quick moment and say I got to do commentary for Santino Brothers this week and got a we kind of got a, a cool shirt out of it. But uh, it was a deathmatch show. I don't know if you guys ever watched deathmatch wrestling. Ugh. 
it was fun. It was crazy, <laughs> but lots of I, I was like, ill. Because when I look at Jack Farmer, <laughs> I think deathmatch wrestling. Ah, I was like, I turn away when I get a shot. How am I supposed to watch this? It was an incredible show. It was fun times. We'll have it up on YouTube eventually, but uh it's a fun time. Santino Brothers, always fun shows they put on. Well, while we're doing cheap plugs, I'll give a shout out to my alma mater, Point Park University. I, I spoke uh, on campus last Friday at, a, at an event they had, and a uh, uh, wonderful university. Oh, so much in my career trajectory to them, uh, but beautiful place. If, you, if you're looking for secondary education for any, any of you uh, teenagers that are watching or listening, if you're looking and you want to go into, it's one of the best dance schools in the world. So many people have gone on to, you know, Broadway and, cru- and cruise lines, one of the best dance schools, one a, a tremendous communications programs where I got my broadcasting degree. So that much more Point Park University. There's my there's my plug, and I'm still still not going to get any tuition money back after that plug. <laughs> that's, but that's actually that's really cool. That's sort of a you've made it moment, right? To have have your school call you back to speak. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. It, it was it was cool, and I have not been. You know, we used to film Chair Shot Reality at the studio there on Point Park University. So those those that know me from the Chair Shot days, we sweep from 2013 to the end of, at the end of 2018. That's where we filmed. Um, so I was there still regularly, and I felt much more connected. And then from 2018 on, and the pandemic, I had not been back there since. And uh, it's just tremendous. They actually they actually showed me a new soundstage they have there where Netflix uh, Mindhunter filmed an episode there and they got to keep the set on the soundstage because Netflix said we're not taking the set anywhere else. So they got to keep this. I mean, so there's, there's just so much cool stuff it's right in downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. So if you want to go into cinema, that, that's another major. OK, I'm done. Point Park. <laughs> they should give you some money back after yeah. the plugs you're given. They should give you, mm-hmm. they give you something, a little kickback. Or, Come or, on. or at least at least when your kids uh, are old enough to go to school, uh, give them a little bit of a break on tuition going there. Or at the very least, name a library after you. I mean, I don't think library. I don't think I don't think library and Labar goes together. But if, I mean, I'd be happy to have a studio in it. Give me a damn microphone. Have a mic. Say this is the Justin Labar microphone. The library <laughs> Bri- sells itself. Library. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> in any case, let's. No, it was, it, it, no <laughs> I'll stop my joke. Yeah. Speaking of people coming back, we got some news about Bray Wyatt and his return. Uh, Many have wondered what direction Wyatt might take upon his much-anticipated return at WWE Extreme Rules, and we may be gaining a little more clarity on that front now with Wyatt listed as the top babyface on SmackDown internally, Mm -hmm. according to PW Insider, followed by Drew McIntyre in the number two spot for the Friday night show. Justin, it seems like Bray Wyatt clearly is the focal point of the most interest. So it, it makes sense he's number one on at least one of these lists, right? It does, but it still uh, it still presents some interesting conversation. You know, first off, to have him, you know, he's been cheered by the fans and, and many different iterations of his, you know, of his gimmicks, but they never have seemed to ho- hold him there. Now, again, new creative regime seems like new way of doing things, but holding a character like that, you know, when The Undertaker first debuted. Uh, I don't think anybody in 1990 was saying, oh, this is going to be one of the baby, greatest baby face, baby faces mm-hmm. ever. And obviously he turned out to be that special. So, you know, how long of a project Bray Wyatt being a face is, I'm interested in. And the fact that he catapults the number one on the internal rankings and, and priorities um, on a show that has the clear cut far and away number one heel in Roman Reigns. But yet, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to be touching Roman Reigns right now. You know, Reigns has his, you know, Scott Logan Paul. 
carrying cross and drew mcintyre both want summer rain so i'm I'll, the the friday scene uh we need jimmy back in that in those blue stripes the friday scene is 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 very very fun to watch as we are not quite at mania season but november is approaching november is kind of like that we're starting to warm up and starting to put pieces in place for the rumble uh, it's going to be a very fun five months ahead here on the friday show mm-hmm. I, i'm very eager to see it jimmy as they say that Drew McIntyre is listed number two on this list, and I can't help but feel like the term always a bridesmaid, never a bride with Drew McIntyre being in the number two spot. When you see a list like this, you've been there at WWE. Mm-hmm. Is there a factual list that is specific like this? What does this mean, or is it just more of a rough kind of feeling people have backstage? Uh, I wouldn't call it a rough kind of feeling, but this is a, a model. There is a, a list that they, they go off of and they're, you know, they have priorities. Like, like right now, like you said, Bray Wyatt is a hot ticket right now. People want to cheer him. And like Justin was saying, you know, trying to make this guy a heel right now, people don't want to boo him. Mm-hmm. People want to cheer him. So why fight that right now? Let, let the creative juices flow in this guy because he is a very creative guy. And, you know, maybe eventually you can get there. And, and like Justin's point where he said, when the, the Undertaker debuted, did anybody see this guy ever becoming a babyface down the road? Just this is the same thing with, with Bray Wyatt. It, it, you know, you let him continue in this iteration as, quote, unquote, the number one babyface on the brand. And then eventually you can, I, I know he is smart enough to know how to get those fans to turn on him. And that's going to be the hard part. But at the same time, it's going to be the fun part. The creative juices will flow in this guy. And we'll if, the, if that's the direction they want to go eventually. Because if it is right. going to be Roman Reigns down the road, I, I, and if it is going to be Roman Reigns on, on the plate, I hope it's not rushed. Like you said, we got... November coming up, and then we've got Royal Rumble season and Elimination Chamber, which we found out is going to be up in Canada and Montreal in February. The road to WrestleMania, take your time. If it isn't going to be The Rock and Roman Reigns, which is the rumored main event of of WrestleMania coming up, uh, then maybe, you know, building up a Bray Wyatt versus Roman is, is the road to go now. And that's an excellent point, Jimmy, is that it's, you know, the Roman versus Rock has obviously been a rumor for years. Um, you know, but LA was kind of the one that we all circled. 2023 is the one we all circled because of Los Angeles. And, but, but we've, what we've heard, we know, uh, I just finished Brian Gewertz's book, which is tremendous. Uh, he's like the rocks writer and of course works with them on seven bucks production. And Brian Gewertz has even confirmed such, which there's been plans for rock to do things in WWE over the years that just it couldn't happen because the rocks very demanding, uh, Hollywood schedule so this is kind of a blessing for WWE in the sense that if something was to happen to where they can't get Rock and Roman for Mania or Rock says look I can do it in 2023 but I can't do it till SummerSlam and now you need a big Mania match well now all of a sudden you have Bray back and you have people captivated by Bray so that is so it is a great backup plan um you know to use I'll ask both of you how how big of a deal is it do like do we need to see do you need to see Bray Wyatt wrestle? Like, like let, let me, let's let's say Bray doesn't have a match until January. Let's say everything between now and January is the inner conflicts we're seeing with these different characters and all, all of the things, all the pieces of the puzzle. Jack, do you need to see Bray Wyatt wrestle, or is that not important? Does he can he wrestle every f- so many months, and that's fine for you? Yeah, I think he could be. I, I guess we'd call part timer, and I'd be fine. Like if he was only wrestling every now and again, I'd be okay with it. I do kind of want to know what his purpose is right now, but. 
I don't need to see him have a match next week or anything. If, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like, I'd like to know why he's in WWE as a character, but I don't need to see him have, you know, matches with Ricochet and, right. Right. you know, whoever uh, each week at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if, if he was on like a Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar schedule where it was just like the big pay-per-views and maybe every now and again on a weekly show, I'd be totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh I also think it's good that they're making him a, a good guy because I feel like if he tried to be a bad guy, it'd be like when Becky Lynch was trying to be a bad guy and we were all mm-hmm. like, we love you. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but another return that people have talked about but has not happened is CM Punk. Uh, according to Wade Keller of PWTorch.com, Triple H would be open to anything that gets eyes on the product, even if it was someone as polarizing as Punk, but not everyone is on board. Uh, what? Uh, while he thinks Punk personality-wise might be more trouble than he's worth, uh, has shown a history of recognizing wrestlers who are over with today's fans that he himself might not have predicted would be over. Keller said of Triple H, somebody who's currently in WWE and is within the sphere of influence of Triple H decision making would be a hard no as of me asking this question, asking this person today, a hard no on endorsing the return of CM Punk, even if it would help business. So uh, Jimmy, it sounds like they're saying that Triple H may be open to doing whatever it takes to get business. But if you ask this individual, the answer is no. Is there a line of thinking that assuming CM Punk's personality is a big issue and is a big problem. Is there a point though, where you say the business is too good to pass up? Um, in theory, yes, but at the same time, uh, in a situation like right now in the WWE, where everything seems to be at least heading in a in a better direction that they've been going, whether it's storylines, whether it's their presentation on television, and the locker room seems to be a much calmer and different environment right now under the umbrella of Triple H, um, someone as unpredictable as CM Punk who can at times go off the handle, uh, just, you know, for whatever reason sets him off. Do you want to disrupt that balance in the locker room right now? And I'm not saying that CM Punk would walk in and just start tearing things (laughs) upside down, but there is that potential there to Mm -hmm. cause a great disturbance. And is the potential for disturbing what is working right now worth taking that shot? And it it would be a big shot because it's going to, you know, obviously be a very big financial uh, a prize for CM Punk to come back to the WWE if he were to, but at the same time, and and I have nothing personally against Punk, so don't people go, oh mm-hmm. you, no, no, I got along fine with Punk because I wasn't uh, in on that same, you know what I mean? I was a referee, yeah. I wasn't uh, competing with him for a spot or anything like that. But um, like I said, you know, do you want to disrupt a a calm, what appears to be a calm, peaceful uh, atmosphere backstage where people want to? move forward and are willing to work together without stepping on toes. Yeah. Yeah. If, um, if punk had not returned to AEW in 2021, if that return never happened and, and at this point in time, triple H has taken over the creative and punk has not seen a pro wrestling ring since rumble 2014 here in Pittsburgh. I think it's more of a, conversation of like hmm that would really get you know again and people have not seen them but you've already lost the 
oh my god, the guy we thought that maybe would never come back to the business is back. You've already lost that initial pop. AEW got to ca- got to have that, and then besides already kind of having that pop done, uh, you know the controversies that have seemingly, you know, are gonna cause for Punk's exit. Um, that's just reignited reputation that Punk has always had to deal with, which is he is his own man. He's outspoken. He, he, he goes to the, his own, his own beat. So yeah, I, I just don't see to Jimmy's point. I think the morale is there positively in WWE. I, I think that you'd be running a great risk. And I don't think if you, if, if punk showed up at survivor series, I don't think it's as big of a deal as it would have been had he not been on AEW TV and came back. So I just, I, I can't see, you know, I can't see what the, I think the, the risk far outweighs the, uh, the, the, the risk and the, price far outweighs uh the return on the investment yeah i also i I have to agree because i also think that wwe's humming along right now too it's not like they're in a bad spot and no one's interested and people are turning away like things are cooking and Mm -hmm. i think triple h is a little bit more interested in figuring out how do we get champa involved than he is how do we bring in cm punk just as an example champa not Specific. No, exactly. It's like you deal with the talent you have now that uh, has been working their butts off and 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 try and help get them over. Right. You know what I mean? And and like again, to to your point, Jack, and to to Justin's point, the short term gain. I mean, yes, I get it. People will be interested at first, but how long will that last? Right. It also would feel a little bit like I think you'd want him there because you because you would hope that he would cut a promo on AEW on your show, but at the same time, it's hard to care. If he does that, when he literally like, just did a promo on WWE, you know, it'd, it'd take a little bit of the, to Justin's point, a little bit of the the fuel out of that fire, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, agreed. But let's get into the show. Before we do, as always, I love to thank everyone who is listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts or watching on YouTube. And if you're watching live, thank you so much for being here. John Everett stalking you, Chris Bricks, Ashley. Ashley, by the way, I see your super chat. We're going to get to it once we get to the Seth Rollins bit. NYC Demon Diva in the house saying good evening only to LeVar and Jimmy. Uh <laughs> And make sure to acknowledge Logan Paul. Uh, but uh, Dylan Matthews in the chat as well. Lil Johnsta too. Night one. Uh, Elizabeth and Baby Ice and Alex and everyone else. Thank you so much for being on the in, in the live chat. Also, a couple quick shout outs as well from Twitter. Uh, Justin, you always like to know where people are listening to us at. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say the name correctly, so I apologize. But uh, at uh, Igadio DeLeo says uh, he's going to be listening from Los Angeles tomorrow. So thank you so much. And also want to give a shout out to at Paul Apex SC for the kind words on Twitter says he's a big fan of the show. So we appreciate you uh, for that as well. Uh, let's get into the show. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to pull back the curtain before we get into this a little bit. Uh, I didn't have a chance to watch uh, much wrestling over the weekend. So I was catching up today. I was catching. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of it today. I had to watch Rampage. I had to watch SmackDown. I had to watch uh, Halloween Havoc and Raw. I don't know if it's because I was watching so much wrestling, but this episode felt like it wasn't quite as spicy as uh, oh. previous weeks. Again, maybe it's because I just had wrestling on all day and I was like kind of over it by the time it was on. But I felt I felt like this was one of the weaker Triple H era shows. Uh, I usually, don't do overall thoughts to go into it, but. Uh, Justin, I'll start with you. Am I crazy for saying that, or did you feel the same? 
No, this was probably and this is probably the least enjoyable of the Triple H era Raws. But that being said, if you compare it to a Raw in May, it, it still yeah, has a lot more positive to talk about. We're not doing redundant rematches. Here's what the here's what this week's was. We'll overarch and then we'll go specific. Here's yeah. what this week's was. This week was continued continuity of stories. But you know there can't be a reveal every week. There can't be a debut every week. You know you you have to let some things breathe. This was a breathing week. This was we're advancing the story with the Miz and the parties around him with this big secret that we'll talk about. We're advancing the women. We're you know we there was they continued that we're building Omas and and and, and, and this novelty match with Braun. Like this was a continue to build, but. Based upon compared to some really good rolls over these last few weeks and months, it, it was not the most exciting three hours. Uh, but again, it, it's all in context of how you're measuring it. It was not a bad roll. It was not a man. They phoned this in, but they have been setting a higher bar lately to where this one just you know fell a little short of that excitement bar because it, it was a lot of just advancement to the next week and to the next paper or next premium live event. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Let's. Uh... Jimmy, unless you have anything to add, let's dive into that. No, that was that was excellently stated because I was thinking the same thing. It's just that it lacked. It it wasn't bad, you know. Like the matches were good, Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. There's a a few little critiques which we'll get to when we go through the thing. But at the same time, it 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 lacked pop. You know, for lack of a better term, it just didn't have that. Ooh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start the show with Judgment Day coming out. Rhea calls you guys Thick Skull Dimwits. I don't think she was referring to me, uh, but she was talking about everyone else who's watching and that Judgment Day runs Monday Night Raw. Finn rubs it in that Dom beat AJ before the OC come out and we get Anderson versus Finn. Uh, The whole match comes apart as Judgment Day gets involved and Finn gets the win after Ripley low blows Anderson while the ref's back is turned. Uh, just I'm gonna start with you. My note here: Rhea body slam gallows. Take that away. Huge pop. I mean, huge pop, and, and you know, and 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 you know, cool on gallows. He's he's a he's a fun guy. <laughs> you know, cool on him to be willing to do this spot. He gets it. You know, I mean, Rhea's a beast. You know, physically, she she, she you know, I mean, she she kind of has those China vibes in the sense of she does not. You know, you think that she could stand toe to toe with some of the guys, and she's showing it. You know, this was fun. You know, Carl Anderson certainly. I, I got to think Carl Anderson and Gallows are feeling good about coming back on this round, and um, and already Anderson's getting to have a singles match. I mean, he's a tag team wrestler, but he's gonna have a singles match. That feels nice to get to showcase, get some TV time. Um, great spot with Rhea, and then what they do later, which maybe we'll touch on with the backstage segments without mm-hmm. seeing Rhea, but still elevating her there. But man, Judgment Day. I mean, and Jimmy, Judgment Day is just everybody has been elevated. For what started out as a project, we kind of scratched our head at, especially when they took Edge out of it so quickly, mm-hmm. and we thought, "Oh man, this is just dead in the water." Uh, the 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 re revamp of it, everybody's. I mean, Finn, Finn as a heel is more interesting than he's ever been as babyface demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damian Damian Priest looks like a million bucks coming out there. He's got the size and stature. He looks like he could be world champion mm-hmm. material one day. Dominic is getting some of the best heat of anybody, and and, and saying that he. Saying that that Eddie Guerrero was that generation's Don Mysterio. I mean, what a line! And then Rhea, Rhea arguably has position has been positioned intentionally or not as the leader 
Mm-hmm. It, I mean, all four elevated here. Yeah. You, yeah. You talk about that line about that. When he first said, I'm this generation's Eddie Guerrero, I was like, that is the greatest line he ever could have said. And then he said, no, when he no. said, yeah. no, he's the, his generation's version of me. I was like, he topped it. Like that was incredible. Mm-hmm. I think Dom gets the biggest, like the loudest booze of anybody in, in WWE. It feels like they hate yeah. Dom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh and yeah jimmy i guess to the point that justin was making i think if we look back again we talk about what happened back in may i feel like if we were still in the the days of may we'll call it Mm -hmm. they would have said judgment day is not working scrap it start over do something else but i think because now they say look don't throw something out let's see if we can finesse it let's see if we can fix it give it time and now we've got this great thing Mm -hmm. uh and and jimmy i just take it away this turn of judgment day and the fact that they held on and made it work yeah they absolutely did they don't did it they didn't what's the old term didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah they just uh, they changed directions and they made it work and they found guys who, and a gal who uh, are gelling together they mesh together well they work they play off each other so well and you talk about dom's heat that eddie guerrero line that you recited there jack was just gold because you you know how beloved eddie guerrero was both yeah. you know by the fans and by everybody else uh, all of us we all loved eddie and yeah. I, I could see eddie right now and looking down at heaven and smiling at dom going yeah that's how you get the heat brother you know that kind of stuff so uh, and and you know calling himself the greatest luchador of all time and that sort of stuff or whatever the case may be mm. especially in today's day and age where people want to cheer heels Mm-hmm. It, where people are more like, hey, that's a great heel. He's a great heel. I love that. It's Which is what I think the trap we fell into with Bray Wyatt, who we were talking about earlier. But yeah. with Dom, there is a way to get uh, real true heels know how to get true heat. And I think Dom, whoever he's been listening to, continue to listen to him. And, you know, yeah. last week last week I talked about how all this for Dom is, is just preps and rep for your mania match against your father, Ray. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, just to fantasy book a little bit further, I don't know what her contractual situation still is, if she even still is with AEW, because I don't, we really haven't seen her on TV much. But man, if WWE could get a hold of Vicky Guerrero when we get around to that time, just the yeah. element of story that she could add to. I mean, there's look, there was signs tonight. If you guys saw, there was a sign tonight that was uh, in the in the in the view of hard camera uh, that said like. Eddie's your real father. Like I mean, and I've seen them every week. The people have latched on. They they've not forgotten. Of course, WWE's reminding us. So I mean, if they could, uh, I, you know, I, I know Vicky. If, if Vicky would be contractually available, I think once upon a time Vicky and Eddie's daughter was in the system. I don't know if she's even involved in pro wrestling anymore. But I don't know. There's just such real elements to this. That I think it would just sell. It would just move the story that much more if if you could bring in real Guerrero participants to help. You know, plead with Dom of Dom. You've gone too far. Yeah, I that would be fantastic if they could get Vicky Guerrero over. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what her contract looks like, but just and mm-hmm. also just making that comment because Eddie Guerrero is there's a handful of wrestlers that you are just not allowed to like naysay. You know, like if you go even on Twitter mm-hmm. and say something, there's just certain people. If you say it, you're just going to be attacked from all sides. And if if you were just go on Twitter and be like, I wasn't that big of a fan of Eddie Guerrero, you will be destroyed by mm-hmm. the people of Twitter. Uh, and so for him to say something like that about Eddie Guerrero is just the right, yeah, just good, good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a super chat in here. Uh, 
from friend of the show, Stephen. Uh, Stephen says three possibilities for OC to bring in a woman to counter uh, Rhea, Raquel, Valkyrie, or Tessa. What are your guys' thoughts? Mm. I don't know of uh, Tessa or uh, Taya Valkyrie being in contact. I feel like Raquel mm. is firmly where she's at, but uh, mm. I, I'm a big Taya, Taya Valkyrie fan. Are you guys, uh, mm. any ideas on who they could bring in as a female to neutralize Rhea? Funny, I was thinking about that tonight too, and uh, uh, nobody comes to mind right off the bat that would, you know, fit. I think uh, it has to be the right choice. Do you elevate somebody from NXT and bring them up, or do you do you go old school and bring someone back? That's the, that's the question. Or uh, someone who's had a history in this uh, with the um, with the parties involved here, like Bullet Club or or uh, yeah. Edge or Finn or someone. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I know Rhea's over. Beth. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know Rhea's over on SmackDown, but I mean, Rhea at least, or excuse me, uh, Raquel at least over on SmackDown at least has stature-wise. She's mm-hmm. not as big as Rhea, but, you know, she she's on the bigger side in terms of her height and her or just her, her build. Um, Taya, I don't know. Um, Tessa, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also got another one from Bear Hudson. Uh, we'll just knock this one out real quick. Asks, what do you think of Bray's return so far? We talked about Bray a little bit to start the show, Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll just kind of, I guess, rapid fire go through. I'm a, I am like it, but I also have this feeling of we've seen the big buildup for Bray multiple times and been let down. So I'm, I kind of want to see where this is going. I'm, mm-hmm. Like I said, my, I've been hurt before by Bray is what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. oh. I'm guarded a little bit. Reserve judgment until we see exactly <laughs> where it's going. But uh, uh, so far, so good. And like when Justin mentioned it earlier, the the internal conflict that, it's, that he seems to be having, it's a nice little change. Yeah. A nice little different direction for him. And I mean, I'm, I'm liking that. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, conflict. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm 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 going to be cautiously optimistic, like you said, Jack. But I I do have some. The optimism I do have really is that in all the past projects, again, he's had ideas of where this should go and where it should end, and creative just didn't understand it or didn't see it, didn't want to see it, whatever. And so it got detoured. We got goofy, you know, we got goofy things like the Hell in a Cell between he and Seth in Saudi Arabia. We got goofy things like somebody coming to the Firefly House and beating him up. Like nobody should be able to walk, you know, whatever. Uh, so I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm encouraged because I feel like, again, if he I said this something like this last week, if he came back after being quiet for the last two years, if he came back, it's because he feels like he's going to get the creative room that he wants, and he obviously has an idea for where this is meant to go, and so I think they'll kind of stick with it. So that's what's encouraging. This might be the first time that we really see a Bray Wyatt mind creation seen through to the fullest yeah well hopefully again i'm hoping i i I find myself intrigued i just Mm -hmm. yeah uh, speaking of intriguing stories where we don't know where it's going uh the miz confronts johnny gargano about him knowing something about what's going on with him and dexter uh miz goes into the ring and recaps everything that's happened so far miz says he thinks dexter is targeting him because he picked champa to work with instead of dexter Gargano says Champa is just injured. Our truth comes out, and we get Miz versus our truth. Uh, truth gives Miz a North Cackalack butt whooping, as he calls it, and gets a big win over the Miz after Johnny Gargano pretends to be Loomis and distracts the Miz. Uh, is uh, Jimmy? I'll start with you. Is Johnny Gargano kind of swooping in and stealing Dexter's spot in this whole rivalry? 
Uh, I wouldn't say he's stealing the spot, but he's getting some attention put on himself as well. And I think they, uh, he is a project that they are very happy to work with. He's a, you know, uh, un WWE in stature, like usually everybody, you know, I know the old school mentality was, Oh, WWE is the land of the giants. And there's always big guys. And Johnny's not a big guy, but he's very talented. And as we see, he could talk too. He's, he's got a good personality as well. So I think uh, Johnny is a long-term project. And I think they figured this is someone who could help get that Dexter Loomis Miz story to the next level without having Dexter Loomis coming out and, and talking and keeping him a mystery longer. Mm-hmm. If you're getting my drift here. Yeah. Right. And, and, and to further that, it is a way to work on this project that is Johnny. And it's like Dexter's character. Dexter can't have long dialogue, you know? So this is a chance for somebody to do the babyface dialogue of questioning the Miz and accusing the Miz of his shenanigans, whatever it may be, uh, without exposing Dexter, without ha- without having him talk, and it takes away from the mystique of crazy eyes, crazy face. And it makes sense. It, it can it draw. It, it can make sense to those who really have followed because Dexter and Johnny were uh, associated in NXT once upon a time. So you know, it's it's not completely random. Um, I will say, I do think that they have the same kind of expectation challenge ahead of them that they did to a greater extent with the white rabbit stuff as people kind of an, there's an expectation here okay there's this big secret there's this big thing what did the miz do to dexter loomis which is good because i we all said dexter's not coming off really babyface here he's doing all these things attacking the miz there has to we have to find out about some extreme motivation that makes us still sympathize with him so they've set it up and we'll, we'll supposedly next week we might find out they, I hope that they have a good uh, reveal, aha, or something else that then adds three more questions that we go down that wormhole. Because uh, if this is as simple as, you know, I don't know, something just really lame, something very yeah. lazy, then that that, yeah. that 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 could kill all of Dexter Loomis, all of them is, and potentially some of Johnny Gargano's momentum right now. I always think of the, whenever we think of bad reveals, the th- first thing I think of now is always the mechanical spider that Roman was carrying around for months. Well, and that's it's funny you said that, Jack. That when when Roman had the thing for a while, I remember having a conversation with somebody that was in WWE at the time uh, at Raw every week, and I said, "This is just between you and I." I was like, "What? What's what's the idea here?" And they told me that that was, and then that, that, that like they're like they're, they told me some other ideas, and I said, "I think it's going to end up being like a." venomous spider <laughs> i just remember thinking like mm-hmm. that's just gonna be just a huge fart <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> and i'm like oh my god you know th- yeah so it's funny when i when i think about bad reveal that that is in the more modern recent history what yeah. i think about is we start out with something really cool but nobody has a single clue for what <laughs> is written on the last page of the book everybody's right. on the first page nobody's written the last page <laughs> right right and uh, it's it, we'll figure it out no you won't but hope hopefully they don't have a mechanical spider hopefully he didn't kill dexter's mechanical spider uh <laughs> here uh jimmy last question on this part mm-hmm. for you uh because i think until we know what the thing the thing is there's not really too much more to add to this uh but my last question for you is um when our truth comes out do you say what's up because i say what's up yeah, I, 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 I do 
I do. It's it's almost like it's automatic. It's ingrained. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I I could be writing down something. I could be like uh, looking on the internet, and I'm just hearing the music, and I'm just hey, let me type in here. What's up? What's up? What's up? I do that exactly. I, and I even do the you know the 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 echo. Yeah, I do the same thing. I can't help it. I just do. no. It's it's infectious. I, I, I realized that today, like, yeah, because I that's what I mean, like, too. I say it kind of quite like, like, I'll be taking my I was like, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> so, so here, here's the $64,000 question. I love that they book towards hometowns. I love that they book towards geography, you know, mm-hmm. geographical relevance, you know, truth being a Carolina guy. Um, to seeing our truth tonight in a promo segment and then a match with no damn mention or sighting of the 24 7 title, have we finally buried that thing? For good, has the twenty four seven title been tossed into the? Is it in the vault that does not get unlocked? Well, let me put it this way: there is a place for it when done right. When it's, you know, every yeah. once in a while you do you need a little levity, you need a little comedy. It's, you know, I, you know, people. Vince said back in the day, this is a variety show. You get a little bit of everything. You get, you get drama. You get comedy. You get, you know. Uh, love stories, that that kind of thing. Uh, there is a place for it, but uh, I, I think it got a, way out of hand. Let things. Uh, I, the reason we haven't seen it for a while, let things calm down, and then when they reintroduce it, maybe they could reintroduce it the way it was meant to be. So yeah. maybe, so maybe it's it, maybe it's it's quiet, so we forget about it for a while. Absence mm-hmm. makes the heart grow fonder, and then night after mania it reemerges but it's it's back in the vein of 2001 hardcore title where it's defended at any time but with a more serious kind of tone to it well i don't know how serious uh, i i don't mind them trying to uh well jbl is back so why not have it in the apa office you know trying to well of course you ref a hardcore wrestlemania match so of course yeah, you know, yeah. exactly so the uh, and, well it's yeah. still on the website by the way i just pulled it up so oh it hasn't officially yeah. been taken down but mm-hmm. uh so Dana Brooke, by the way, racking up a very long title <laughs> reign. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope it's over. I feel like at this point, even if they try to bring it back, there's always going to be that kind of eye roll. It, it's a fun. I mean, I'll, I'll admit this. There were times in the last two years, it was a fun vehicle to get celebrities involved. I yeah. can't deny that. It's a fun viral clip to put on social of somebody with, you know, a million followers on Instagram that's got different walks of life to get some eyes on a WWE product. I get that, but I think it just dominated way too. I think it it took up more minutes of TV than it ever needed to. Week yeah, to week. yeah, agreed. Yeah, so we get a Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali match with Rollins on commentary. Mm-hmm. Theory's cockiness gets him in trouble, but Rollins comes in and distracts Ali while Theory gets the advantage and the win. Post match, Rollins attacks Ali, and then Ali attacks Rollins. Uh, I thought that was kind of a cool little bit that it made it look like Rollins was getting to walk away, but Ali still had fighting him. Justin, I want to ask you about Theory, though, before getting into this uh, Rollins-Ali rivalry. Theory comes back. He has a beard, and he gets a win. I know it sounds silly to say he has a beard, but sometimes these little changes mean something, and this is his first win in about as long as I can remember. Is this the start of the Theory rebound? It could be, you know, um, again, obviously previous creative was who put the, the briefcase on him, but I don't think it's, you know, I don't think we have to say, oh, he's just a Vince guy. I mean, theory was 
thriving and and, and focused upon in the Triple H NXT. So mm-hmm. I think it, it might be a rebound, a repositioning of okay, what's the plan here? You know, th- you know, technically Theory has the money in the bank for a year, so you know, is he somebody we're looking at on the road to Mania to become a champion? Is he somebody that we look at as a as a as a red herring? You know. Uh, so maybe I, you know, he still has the briefcase. I mean, obviously, unless they get into situations of where they take the briefcase off of him, he loses it in the match. Then, then there should be some worry of, oh, maybe we've, maybe we've dropped uh, some stock off uh, on the theory uh, portfolio here. But yeah, it could be. He he does though. I, I spoke I spoke incorrectly a few weeks ago. I, I spoke as if theory was on an undefeated streak a few weeks ago in this podcast, and I and then somebody corrected me, and I had to think like, yeah, he had not had a lot of wins <laughs> in recent weeks. So this maybe is a reset of okay, let's get some momentum back, but let's do it uh for whatever purpose they set out to do. I mean maybe maybe it's a rumble thing. Maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know. But um yeah, it was interesting that you mentioned the beard. You're right. Sometimes a little repackaging is 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 just as simple as uh put those clippers away for a few weeks. <laughs> right. I mean maybe nothing. It's just I don't know, it was different. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Jimmy, I want to send a question to you from Ashley, who, by the way, Ashley, thank you for being patient because uh, she sent this in earlier, but I wanted to wait till we got to this bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Says, thoughts on Rollins allowed to be cheered, not insult fans, doesn't help Ali, any babyface, get over. So mm-hmm. I'm not, Ashley, I'm not 100% sure uh, what exactly you were saying, but I guess... There's is there a rumor that he's not allowed to insult fans anymore? No, not that I'm aware of, anyways. And 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 to be fair too, uh, uh, no disrespect to to Ali, but he hasn't really endeared himself to the audience as well to get himself over as a babyface, and and especially with the story continuing now, uh, his. Uh, his seeming issues with Seth Rollins and and wanting the United States Championship, it almost feels like so. You haven't really built up it. You talk about not having any wins. Yeah. When was the last time you saw Mustafa, Mustafa Ali win a match on television to earn a shot at any title, let alone the United yeah. States Championship? And yes, they seem to have that that conflict with Rollins, where Rollins attacked him after the match, and then then Ali got got some retribution on him, which seems to be leading towards a match between these two. But at the same time. It, it is a title match warranted in this situation, and I don't feel it is. Completely agree. I, I don't know. I, I'm all for seeing him on TV and giving him more matches, <laughs> but let him win some things. I don't know why he's involved with Seth Rollins. And and once again, the result of another referee distraction, which I thought were uh, far too many this evening, but uh, which uh, I, I find unusual. Because mm-hmm. usually, usually that's one of my critiques for another company, <laughs> but it, but it, it filtered into Monday night where I thought we saw t- too many referee distractions. Yeah, there was a lot of them. I did like how Theory hit the top rope with his feet though, instead of just standing up. I thought that was a fun, athletic-looking way mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got a super chat from the GIF King Dylan Matthews. Asked, "Do you think Rollins had flashbacks with Ali Ramp attack? Did Ali attack him before?" Was that? I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what the flashback would be. And, yeah. Dylan, let us know in the chat. You don't have yeah. to uh, super chat it. I'll uh, I'll just uh, check you out there if there was a moment that uh, yeah. I'll, if Ali attacked him. But yeah, it's. It, I thought it was interesting that his whole he's angry because he lost a title shot, but wanted to get a second title shot, mm. but wasn't getting a second title shot after he lost a shot. Like it seems like that's a weird place to be upset from. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's 
incredible to watch in the ring, but he just kind of right now he's just kind of coming off as whiny. Yeah, it's kind of whiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think uh, Mr. Meowpo says uh, when the fan attacked Rollins is, I think, what the flashback was. If you remember a few a, a while back, uh, oh, no, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, attacked Rollins. Um, but uh, let's see here. So, well, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I don't really. Mm-hmm. I, It'll be a fun. I, I it'll be one of those matches. I, I guarantee when they have the Rollins Ali match, it's gonna be one of those ones where like I don't really know. It's not really built up that well, and then the show happens and they're gonna tear the house down. Or like that was a great mm-hmm. match, but for now, yeah, yeah, he does seem kind of like like just go get some wins. I, go be- get some wins, uh, or, or I don't know. Like yeah. I'm not saying this guy is. I'm not saying he has to be. We don't have to revive Retribution again, but <laughs> like. I need a little bit more on this guy but first. We should. Yeah. Yeah, I, need, I need a little bit more on this guy first before yeah. before Seth Rollins is is focusing on him. Exactamundo. Yeah. So uh, we get another match after this one. Speaking of people who haven't earned a shot, we got four of them in the ring all at the same time <laughs> against Omos. MVP cuts down Strowman before Omos goes to work and beats all four of these guys. Uh, at at this point, Justin, this is where I like I get the squash matches. I get you want to make Omos look tough. At this point, though, how do you like he can't keep doing these because now he's beat four guys. So if I see him squash one guy next week, I'm gonna go, oh well. Like Yeah, I mean it's it's I, I get the logic behind what they're trying to do tonight. I mean, really, this is all right now the end game is 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 Saudi Arabia, is Crown Jewel. Um yeah. That'll be telling, right? Because they, they brought Braun back. Braun has looked very strong. Braun has not gone after any title. He's not going after anybody important, really. Braun's just kind of been back doing Braun things, right? <laughs> so um, so him going up against a project in Omas, uh, how they book it, you know, who, who go, you know, who gets the pinfall? How does that, you know, how is it done? I'll be very interested to see because you are right. Like, you know, you start adding guys if, that Omos can beat at one at a time. You know you, mm-hmm. that's a path. It's a path that's hard to retreat back from. Yeah. So um, yeah. I was just kind of watching him again. The crowd was kind of the crowd didn't move yeah. for this at all. They weren't standing up. They weren't really. You know. I mean, which is it, it, obviously it's predictable. He's going to kick the shit out of the four guys. They don't know. <laughs> but it's also a little problematic because like Omos is supposed to be. He's you know, he's seven foot three legit. He's supposed to be a circus act of like see it to believe it mm-hmm. right and they all were just kind of just sitting there yeah. I, i'm watching the crowd the, the charlotte crowd was not enamored to see him beat the hell out of these four local guys so mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you know i was kind of thinking not to be fantasy booker but i was thinking they should have had him if they're just going to beat someone beat like a shanky who's not on tv right now anyways mm-hmm. but also big and you could say see we're not scared of other big guys we're the best big guy or whatever yeah. uh would be kind of an easy opportunity for him, but mm-hmm. it's easy for me to book from my, uh, from my couch mm-hmm. as opposed to for them. But uh, anything to take away from this, Jimmy? No, it's just, again, it wasn't, it, it didn't, it, it, I know in theory is designed. He, oh, he beat four guys. That's so impressive. But in today's day and age, that, that kind of uh, thinking doesn't work because people are in tune with what appears to be quote unquote enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the thing. People saw four guys that were going to get their butts handed to them, and that's they didn't see it as oh, this is going to be a challenge for Omas. 
Right. You know, at least at least if you have someone who is uh, at least got some notoriety from the roster and and they they get defeated and even if they get like dominated completely. At yeah. least that does more for Omas than having like four local unknowns to the to the vast wrestling audience uh, get their butts handed to them. Yeah. Oh, and like I said, now if I see him with a like one local guy in the ring, I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah, he could be four. Why would I care about four? Yeah. Um, so we continue on. Uh, earlier in the night, uh, Elias and Matt Riddle are chatting, and Elias says he doesn't like people interrupting him, and that's when Alpha Academy interrupts him. So we get Elias versus Chad Gable. It's a, a hard fought win for Elias before Otis attacks him post match with Riddle coming out to make mm-hmm. the save. Uh, Jimmy, this felt like to me watching this match, obviously it was a reintroduction of Elias in the ring, but it kind of felt like they were trying to show us that the character Elias knows how to wrestle as well as play guitar, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Especially because, man, Chad Gable is just so darn smooth and so good. And having Elias being able to hang with him did more to elevate his status as, oh, he's more than just a personality he can go in the ring and that helped a lot and him getting to beat chad gable i think helped elevate him too and they furthered a storyline a couple of storylines here that uh, a battle of tag teams or well, of an established tag team and one that looks like it's becoming a tag team with the absence of randy orton it looks like matt riddle has got a new uh best friend for lack of a better term <laughs> and uh and uh, jamming partner <laughs> so they could jam together. But that will be interesting for if and when Randy does return down the road. Now you're setting something up here that could be very interesting. Yeah, because Justin, it didn't seem like Elias hated Riddle, but it certainly didn't feel like he wanted to be his best friend either. So mm-hmm. could this be setting the stage for something? Yeah, because even that first backstage where uh, Riddle and, and Elias are together, Elias, as he was getting annoyed, started to lower his guitar. It almost looked like it was getting in place to maybe whack Riddle, and then he got interrupted by mm-hmm. Alpha Academy. So, you know, maybe just a little thing there uh, of a, you know, foreshadowing. So I'll be curious to see what happens, but I agree, Jack, to your original question. They definitely made sure to establish that Elias could go in the ring. Um, he was in, he was in great shape. It's the first time we've seen him, in, you know, in this physique and that look and all, obviously, uh, in a while. Uh, I got to say this. I know, obviously, it wasn't. I, they, they had a planned finish, which they did, of Elias hitting this. I don't even know what you call it, but it was obviously some kind of a finisher that they're trying to maybe get over. Uh, so I, I know you don't just call the audible that quickly, but the spot of Gable doing the moonsault, which he misses, and as he's missing, Elias hits him with the knee. It's it, it just it, the timing of it at all. Thank God everybody's okay. It looked brutal. Corey yeah. Graves jumped up. If you're watching the commentary desk, they showed the replay a couple times. I, I almost wish that they knew the three parties in the ring being Elias Gable and the referee. I wish all three parties knew how good it looked on TV and could call the audible that quick. And that's not realistic, mm-hmm. but I wish they could know and say, stay down for three. That's the finish. Yeah. Because they did that. And then it was one, two it was a false. And even Corey Graves kind of naturally mm-hmm. kind of said, Really? Like he couldn't yeah. even believe, you yeah. know, and then you know, again, we get to the finish, but it, it was a hell of a looking spot uh, mm-hmm. that, that those two worked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Matthews in the chat now. Uh, 
I said I was going to call out your response about the uh, Ali thing, and uh, we got it figured yeah. out before you put it on there. So I'm just going to shout out one of your other chats here. Uh, Dylan Matthew says, I'm convinced Elias is going to turn on Riddle. It is. Uh, it maybe- the seed was planted. The seed was planted a little bit. Maybe. I was going to say, go back to May and imagine us having this conversation. Oh, Elias will turn on Riddle before Randy Orton does. We mm-hmm. all say, wait, what are you talking about? Crazy, right. crazy times. Uh, we get a backstage segment, a couple of them, because it's broken up by a commercial. Uh, backstage, uh, the OC says they have a Rhea problem, and even though Gallows is bad with women, he's going to try to handle it, mm-hmm. but he comes back and has to ice his balls. His exact, <laughs> his exact words are, body slams are his love language. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which, Tremendous. by the way, is such a great, like, different approach than what you would expect in this kind of rivalry. Mm-hmm. Actually, it made me like enjoy like, oh, this is different. I figured it was gonna be a let's go beat him up or whatever, but it was like, you know, goofy gallows, I guess, mm-hmm. be like going to try to handle it. And yeah, now it's the question of who's the person gonna be that they get to help out. And mm-hmm. I mentioned it. It was fun. It was a fun little, little silly bit of the show that was fun to mm-hmm. see. Um we get uh earlier in the night, um Johnny Gargano's backstage and he brushes off the Miz. And uh, then makes fun of JBL and Baron Corbin. Uh, mm-hmm. That leads to a match between those two with JBL on commentary. Uh, they get some good time, but it breaks down as Gargano gets on the announce table and puts on JBL's hat. This causes JBL to get involved and help Corbin get the win. Uh, Justin, I, I know I know you're a Gargano guy. I know you like Gargano, but I got to wag my finger at him a little bit. He's making fun of Corbin for having so many names like happy and constable, but Johnny Gargano's Johnny wrestling, Johnny takeover, Johnny, whatever. He's, he's also got a lot of names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. I got what he was going for. He, he was going for and all that. He's still been Johnny Gargano. I, I get that. He's making fun of the different uh, chapters of, of Corbin. Yeah. I, I mean, I like what, I like what they did here in the backstage. I like JBL kind of, you know, kid, You'd be carrying my bags. Show some respect. Your your single A ball. I mean, it's 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 easy stuff here, right? And it mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so I like what's going on here. I like that Johnny did the spot of putting the hat on and doing the JBL two step on the desk. He, he's gonna. I, and and again, I, as you said, Jack, I, I've I'm a fan of Johnny, known him for a long time. He needs to do more of that because. Again, he is tremendous bell to bell. He does some things bell to bell that it's like, wow. But, you know, he came back in Toronto. Crowd popped out of the surprise. But I'm watching the crowd. I don't always go to listen. Like I'm watching. And, and he's mm-hmm. coming out. And there's still, a, there's still a portion that's just not sure. Like, oh, okay, well, all right. We, we are another good guy. Great. So he needs to do more things to infuse his personality. So, uh, you know, he doesn't get the win here. He doesn't need to. Corbin winning is the right decision, but um, mm-hmm. I, that's why I like he's got two parallel paths. He's got this kind of path going here, but he's got the stuff of the Miz and Dexter Loomis, and we need to get more of his personality because you know he's not the biggest guy, and you have you're going to have to get the crowd connected to him. Besides just underdog, you're going to have to get them to find him funny, find him charming, mm-hmm. find him sympathetic, all of the above, and so we need to see more of that to get this Johnny Gargano push to work jimmy do you think that johnny gargano can become endearing if he's on as many segments as he was on this week 
I, I don't think he needs to be on a lot of segments. He just has to make every appearance count and make it mean something. You know, uh, little things like uh, he, he popped me when he was uh, interacting with JBL backstage and he said to talk about his MC Hammer pants <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you know, a little <laughs> pop like that. But um, again, Johnny can talk, but he needs to make his minutes count as opposed to uh, saying, well, he needs to have a 20-minute match. He can do the same in a 10-minute match and get people interested because he is that good. He is, uh, and and little promo segments and little interactions with other talents that he's going to be uh, feuding with or whatever the case may be. Uh, it doesn't have to be a lot of it because mm-hmm. he is that good. Hey, Jimmy, you've, you've played 18 with JBL. His, uh, let me ask you this, his character makes total sense in tonight's application total sense that he would come in and be like your single a ball it took you forever to get here this is baron corbin former golden gloves boxing champion former nfl all that makes sense for the rich uh snobbish aristocrat jbl to say in your opinion though because jbl was a lock you know he was a he was a uh he was a wrestler's court bailiff he was a guy to kind of like you know keep the letter of the law and the backstage Mm -hmm. what have you how do you think he views a guy like a Gargano who is one of, you know, who, who is, is one of a million who is not the biggest of size. Okay. Works and does all the super flips, blah, 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 but he's made it as far as he has triple H see something, you know, how do you think a JBL views a guy like a Gargano? He gets told, Hey, tonight we need you to make J we need to, we need you to make Johnny Gargano look like uh, the up and coming baby face. That's can slay every dragon. Like, how do you think a JBL right. takes that? No, I think he's fine with it because uh, a, sp- a person like Johnny Gargano, like you know him, Justin, he also res- he's respectful yeah. in the backstage environment. And that is a very important thing. You know, uh, you talk about peek behind the curtains when it comes to JBL. That is a very important issue with them, that the youngsters having respect for the veterans who have been there. And 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 it's not like carry their bags. I mean, it's a, obviously. No, but you know what I mean? It is a, a certain level of uh, uh, whether it's asking questions or, or asking advice or whatever the case may be. And JBL took it to a different level because for him, that was his way of having fun and ribbing people. You know, mm-hmm. be, being the the uh, wrestler's court uh, bailiff or prosecuting attorney or whatever he happened to be on that specific day. But it also it, it was a line that he put out there. You know, you would be carrying my bags back in the day is almost like a, a line that everybody in the locker room because Miz was that guy at one time. Who mm-hmm. got kicked out of the locker room and had to change in a broom closet and wasn't allowed to change with the boys for a long time. So I think they, they're taking elements of that. And kind of trying to incorporate yeah. it, but uh, and, and it, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a great point. And JBL said tonight, the Miz is a veteran. You should be you're respecting him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the irony. Exactly. It is kind of funny when you look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I noticed we he he's twice now mentioned back in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if we might start getting a little bit of the uh, old man get off my lawn kind of approach from JBL, like back in my time. Yeah. kind of approach that kids hate to hear so the younger yeah. audience and all the younger wrestlers immediately could have a it's heat. you know it's yeah heat. It's, it's perfect yeah because there's not really a lot of people doing the the surprisingly the back in my day kind yeah. of bit which but it works perfect oh especially now with today's audience yeah yeah and especially say in the attitude era because that's the era now i don't get me wrong i loved it growing up but yeah. that is the ad the that is the era everybody's like that was the best era you know 
Yeah. Uh, and so it is a bit of a, I'm sure if you're younger, a sore spot to hear the old guy going back in the attitude era. I can imagine if I'm a, you know, 20 year old going enough with the attitude era, you know, uh, it's ruthless like, aggression all the way. Come yeah, on. It's kind of like even those before the attitude era who said, ah, the best, oh, the TBS era and Saturday nights at 6.05, that was the best era and or mid-Atlantic wrestling, depending on where you were from. Right. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. in the chat, by the way, says, bring the darkness Baron's for, I bring the darkness Baron's former theme he needs. So he wants him to go back to the old, uh, the old theme. I feel like if I was a betting man, I'd be betting that Corbin's probably going to get a new theme mm -hmm. uh, soon, but I don't know. I just yeah. kind of feel it. Yeah. Um, we get to the end of the night. Well, I guess earlier in the night, Candice LeRae is chatting mm -hmm. with Kathy Kelly and she gets beat up by damage control. And then Bianca is basically like, Hey, all my friends are gone. I'm all on my own. And so they have a match, Bianca and Bailey. They have their one-on-one, -on -one, which I guess was not for the title. I thought it was up until the very end. Uh, multiple segment main event, damage control gets involved. And then a mystery person dives off the top rope and takes out the ref. Then takes out Bianca. Bailey gets the win, and then it's Nikki Cross, and she takes out Bailey as well. Mm -hmm. Justin Labar, total anarchy at the end of the day. Nikki ASH, no more. It looks like Nikki Cross is back. Let me know what you think. Well, look, uh, one of the consistencies has been, you know, we said this wasn't the 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 most exciting of the Triple H era shows. Uh, but one consistency has been that they've at least always ended with something. They've ended with a, whether it's a return, whether it's a swerve, whether it's a something. And so seeing Nikki come out again, you know, no longer ASH going back to Nikki cross, Corey Graves really on commentary trying to sell. He's experienced the chaos that she can, uh, you know, cause as that, as that personality. So I like that, you know, I, 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 I wasn't as jazz. I mean, nothing against Bianca or Bailey. I'm a fan of both of them. But you know, like I look at it, it's 10:30 and we're starting this match, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just 30 minutes of this. What am I? You know, well, give me something big here. So it was nice. They ended with a, a question that you need to tune in next week to get an answer for. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of keep it at that. I mean, it, the match was fine. It wasn't my favorite Bailey or Bianca match. I absolutely was not the worst. Um. So it, it was what it was. Yeah, Jimmy, by the time this rolled around, as I said at the beginning, I've been watching wrestling quite a bit today. So I was kind of like, yeah. I will, I'll be honest. I was looking at the clock a little bit. Uh, I don't know where you were at during this match. I love Bianca. I love Bailey. I think they do great stuff mm -hmm. together. But do you feel like Nikki Cross returning as the old Nikki Cross was the exclamation point at the end of the show that you wanted? Uh, not really. Not for me, at least anyways. Uh, do I like seeing the old Nikki Cross back? Uh, sure, I'm okay with it. I want to see where it goes before I, you know, pass uh, complete judgment on it. Yeah, I I was from a from a like we said from a variety show standpoint, I was enjoying the Nikki Sage, but I think that had run its course mm -hmm. pretty much. And and yeah, so um, in that regard, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind the match. I thought it was okay. It wasn't really. Uh, um, spectacular let's put it that way but i also have an issue oh this is a big grudge match but one of them is the raw women's champion and having these non-title matches just for me uh you know it's like when they say well if you beat the champion you get a shot at the champion that means you got to beat the champ twice yeah, yeah. 
you know, it just makes no sense to me. And, and what an interesting, if you if we want to get behind the curtain and kind of, uh, you know, dissect X's and O's, what an interesting scenario to say that they were, they positioned a women's main event tonight on the story and premise of the baby faces ran out of friends. She's outnumbered. And we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're right. That is and the, interesting. And the woman they decide to have come, not 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 save Bianca, but just injected the women's division, repackaged, mm-hmm. is a Nikki Cross. And it's been crickets about where Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Do we know? Is there something? Do we know why she's not on TV? Is there a reason? I know she got married recently, right? Is it just... Time well, she, uh, I mean, she got married of this of this yeah. over the spring or summer, but I mean, it's just it's just been kind of like you know she's I don't know I, she, again that's what I'm saying it's kind of a mystery with her you know it's it's been the there was a lot of rumor of is she happy in WWE of course we know that her now husband is not happy in AEW mm-hmm. you know uh, Rick's yeah. always there in the headlines right. with what he's doing and what he says. And so I, I'm just pointing that out. It's just that yeah. the whole the whole we we built the show's main event around a women's match. Baby faces ran out of allies, outnumbered, yeah. and we need a woman to come help do something. And we're in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I just right. find that I just yeah. find that kind of interesting. That boy, it, it's it's that 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 all the pieces are there for you. You know it. You, now that you lay it out like that, I'll be honest. I didn't notice that when I was watching the show. But now that you lay it out like that, it does mm-hmm. feel like a slam dunk to have Charlotte return and just get that massive response because the place would go nuts. I think mm-hmm. if her music hit and she came out. But again, I guess yeah. uh, that's what I'm here to do, Jack. To do. I'm just here to. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just here to. <laughs> I'm here to armchair quarterback. There you go. It's a hell of an armchair. Uh, it, it is. Um, but yeah, like I said at this top, I probably my not one of my favorite uh, Triple H era Raws, but I think to Justin's point earlier on, if this was a year ago, I'd probably be like, "This was sick. This is great." Uh, any before we wrap up, I th- any final thoughts, uh, Jimmy? We'll have you go first. Any, uh, any- I, like you like you said, it was it was it was an okay episode. There was you can't say that it was bad. It, it, yeah. But it didn't, it wasn't, we've been getting such good episodes in the last few weeks, you know, I was expecting a little bit more and I was expecting a more from a psychological standpoint because there were too many matches that had ref distractions I- I- involving in the finish. And uh, I don't have an issue with ref distractions per se, but when you have four of them in the same show, then they start to mean less and the heat goes to the wrong person. In those cases, it goes to the referee as opposed to the heel. Yeah, especially in the way you distract the referees. Like it, there was a couple of times where it looked like the referee was turning because they were supposed to yeah. for that spot. Yeah, to that point, I, I I know. I mean, now we know that it was done to get the spot for Nikki to jump off the top onto mm-hmm. all people, including the referee. But in the main event of damage control is attacking Bianca. And the ref sees it all, and yeah, the ref gets out there and he's arguing. I, I, it, it was, yeah. it, it is something that we would be screaming to the mountaintop in AEW of like, why the hell yeah. is it not a DQ? Yeah. It, yeah. They, they, they took, they went too far on the liberties, yes, of with the ref t- to get the spot of then Nikki. I, I mean, I don't know, Nikki. I know Nikki's not a competitor in the damn match, but 
so, a, a, a wrestler jumps and, and lands on a referee. That's I mean that, that's a, that's a deke. We throw the whole thing out. You You're just, right. You don't put your hands on an official like so. I mean, you know, especially with it being a non-title match. Because if it was a title match, I could make the argument. Well, they want to make sure that it finishes or you know make some. Right, and, that, and that's you an know, old, but, and that's an old yeah. school. Go back to the '90s, you know, Earl Hebner refereeing every world title match. You know, when the when the when the main event would fight into the crowd, or or you know, especially in the Austin era, when they're using some some stuff, you know, commentary selling it. Earl Hebner obviously letting giving us some leeway here. This is a world title right. match. We're gonna let this go, and that was the one match they saved it for. You bought it. You're like, yeah, we can't have an Austin match, and this has to go. You know, yeah, but. So yeah, but tonight that doesn't that doesn't even yeah uh, that doesn't fit here. Because I, I guess too with every the way everything went, you could have just made it simpler and had Nikki come out with like a kendo stick or something and just go mm -hmm. crazy and kind of get the same mm -hmm. result, you yeah. know. Outside of I guess if you really need Bailey to pin Bianca for whatever reason, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that does it for us. I think that does it for the show. Um, before we sign off though, thank you to everyone who's watching baby. I still Matthews, iron meds, Bernie, Kenny, uh, dream realm studios, Chris Aldridge, uh, mm -hmm. night one Oz and everyone else burner accounts. <laughs> but, uh, thank you. Uh, make sure to like comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let us know in the comments, uh, what you thought of the show. But before we go also, Justin, where can the world find you online and all the stuff you're working on? Yeah, at Justin Labar, I'll be back, I think, Wednesday night with Jimmy and Issa for Dynamite. Uh, Friday's on SiriusXM on Busted Open. Um, yeah, at Justin Labar, follow me. As always, tweet, where in the world are you listening to the podcast? How do you like it? Uh, how do you consume it? All the good stuff. Uh, it's, it's I love hearing that feedback. So, yeah. And, Jimmy, where can the world find you and all your uh working on uh, projects well you can find me here with triple j on monday nights and on wednesday nights uh after dynamite with justin and isa uh the nyc diva demon and uh monday through friday you can catch me on all my social media platforms with my ref and rants and again not designed to crap on stuff just designed to <laughs> just, no everybody it thinks it works out that way no it's just it's just <laughs> I just want to see, like I said, I, I, I want to see things get better. Like tonight, mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen the referee situations, especially with the distractions, be better. Who knows? Maybe that's a rant. Hmm. It's the most exciting cup of coffee you can have in a week. There you go. That, that's your tagline. Oh, uh, my, I'm stealing it. But that does it for us. Make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. Uh, and make sure to check out the NXT after shows on Tuesday. The As mentioned, the AW after show on Wednesday. The Rampage and SmackDown at, after shows on Fridays. And all the other stuff that we do at Wrestling Inc. Tons of news there. Should be your go-to one-stop shop for all pro wrestling stuff. And you can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That does it for us. And uh, I guess we'll see you uh, tomorrow for NXT. Jack Goodbye. Farmer, Deathmatch.